Hey, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast. The week of September 27, 2010. I'm Chris Bevelo, president of Interval. We're the healthcare marketing agency that puts on a podcast. And I'm joined today by... Jackie Ritaco, account coordinator with Interval. And uh, Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. Hey, guys. Hey. Howdy. Let's uh, let's just start off by updating people on a couple things, just in case you're new to the podcast. I know we've got some new subscribers recently. Uh, this is what we call a forum. We call it a forum. You can <laughs> call it what you want. A forum for riffing and ranting on hot or important healthcare marketing topics, trends, and ideas. And then we also cover all kinds of other crap thrown in there. <laughs> So, yeah, I think that's I think that's a better way to put it than what I have written down. (laughs) Uh, But we used to be called Healthcare Marketing Insights and our name changed. Oh, I don't even know months ago. Uh, But we just we've had a couple updates. So, Adam, why don't you update the audience so they're aware of the updates in case they need to adjust something? Okay. well, basically, we've got a new RSS feed. So if you were subscribed to the show um via rss uh just make sure to hit our website and grab the new link over there that's uh, at thinkinterval.com and just head over to the podcast section um big rss button there for that or if you're subscribed through itunes which i suspect um most people who listen probably uh get it that way or listen to it right on the website which you can do too um, if you don't want to subscribe. But if you're through iTunes, we're at a new location uh, there as well. The old show will remain with the old episodes. Uh, the new show is up, and that's under the name Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards. Um, and just make sure to uh, resubscribe there to the show, because um, uh, probably the next couple of weeks here, we'll quit updating the uh, the, the old show uh, as episodes. Make sure all the new ones are under the new show. So, Cool. Update your subscriptions. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> we have a bunch. <laughs> we have a bunch of old business to cover. We're gonna like do Robert's rules of order here. Dink the table. Was that your gavel? Sounded that was like my gavel. Marker. Yes, it is. It's a little skinny blue your gavel. Big gavel. My big gavel. Uh, so we might not even get to new stuff, but I think some of the things that we're gonna talk about, even though they're, uh, I'm not gonna say they're rehashed, but they're just continuations of past conversations, are good because they. Uh, they're going to take us to a new place. But first, I want to encourage people, and we're going to do this occasionally on the podcast and through our blog, I want to encourage folks who work within hospital marketing departments to go to our website. And on the homepage on the bottom right, we have something called the Truth or Dare Quiz. And we have what we call the five truths of hospital marketing. And what we'd like people to do is go in there and, and take this quiz and just assess where they are at with these Five truths. We think that will help you uh, kind of gauge uh, how sophisticated or how cutting edge your marketing is or where you might be able to improve some things. But we're also going to use the research that we get from this quiz and some other uh, inputs to for a project that we have coming up that's going to happen by the end of the year. So the more people we get to take the quiz, the more data we'll get and be able to use that in our, in our project. Mm-hmm. So encourage people to go take the truth or dare quiz. It's kind of fun. Uh, you know, so hopefully you, you'll have a good time doing it. I had somebody make a funny comment about going through it and I can't remember which truth it was. Uh, I think it was healthcare marketing needs a serious shakeup. Uh, and I don't remember what the the quiz question was, but she said she had to stop her quiz cause she had to go answer a doctor's question about putting his face on a billboard. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the so irony. that's the kind of questions. Yeah. The yeah. irony. That's the kind of questions you'll find in there. So, uh, please, if you haven't already go in there and, and take that. 
Uh, second, I want to follow up on a conversation. I think we all were involved in this. Jackie, I think you were there. There was one podcast you missed, right? Within the last three or four? Yeah, there has been. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, let me know if you know if you weren't in there, you can probably jump in pretty easily. But we had been talking about uh, the new Consumer Reports quality ratings and that they are out now. And mm-hmm. some of the challenges we saw with that, it was just uh, open heart surgery and uh, you know, we had a good discussion on it and I got a great feedback from Bob Oakley, who's with OR live. Somebody who I know follows our podcast, follows our blog. He comments frequently. Uh, and he brought up, uh, you know, we talked about that and other quality ratings, uh, in regards to how they might motivate consumers. Mm-hmm. Remember, you know, how could they use these to decide which hospital or which physician they might use? Uh, how the information, you know, is uh, sometimes boiled down to a point that you really don't even know what it means, and there's all kinds of variabilities to take into account and all of that. Uh, you know, he brought up the idea, the this issue that this is being done in a way that's much more powerful and is impacting healthcare in a much more significant way, which is by insurers who are using uh, quality ratings, uh, well, not just ratings, they're using quality data, let's put it that way, to... Uh, basically prioritize physicians and prioritize meaning uh, sometimes they are tiering physicians or hospitals. So, you know, there might be the best bargain hospitals, the middle tier hospitals, then the most expensive hospitals. Mm -hmm. And many insurers are incenting uh, their members to go to the least expensive hospitals. So this, this quality, you know, rating uh, the care, medical care by quality is having a huge impact on healthcare much beyond what, what we had talked about. Right. I just want to read a couple of things that, that Bob said, and then we can discuss a little bit. Uh, he said he's very motivated on the topic now because he has a good friend who's a cardiologist who did not get a high-quality rating from one of the national insurance companies. I won't name it. Uh, and he's, quote, spitting nails over it, unquote. When he had a review of the data, he learned pushing all of his business to one of the two hospitals he had privileges with will push him into the, quote, unquote, high-quality score tier. Uh, the end, the end result for him now is that he's trying to make the move to one of the hospitals over, uh, the other, because that higher quality rating, uh, will help him. Uh, the lower quality rating makes him more vulnerable in the market. And part of his point is this is a younger physician and which means he has lower N, which basically means there's not as many, uh, cases for them to judge. And when Mm -hmm. you have, we talked about this too, uh, where consumer reports kind of said the lower number the lower number of things that you're studying, the more likely it is to fit to the average. Right. And we said, that doesn't make sense. It would right. be more likely to you know, skew all over. That's what Bob's saying, is that he's vulnerable to a lower, quote unquote, N, uh, which means he could, he could really suffer from one or two bad uh, quality outcomes. Right. Uh, and so here's something else that's really interesting. Quality ratings work on both consumers and docs. And on the consumer side, while he was at, again, a huge insurance company, I won't name, uh, we learned that you could disrupt the entire consumer decision-making process with as little as $150. Uh, the benefit was the benefit waived the copay. So your insurance company would waive your copay if you went to the hospitals that were designated uh, as the lower cost ones. Uh, and his point was not that folks made their decisions based simply on $150, but it absolutely influenced their decision. And many of them, you know, you could see that it was driving them to that. Oh yeah. So, so it is having an effect, uh, you know, even though I think we all believe as far as consumers looking at websites, it's minimal and a lot of research supports that. Mm-hmm. 
you, you start having your insurance company tell you, hey, if you go to this one, you're going to you know, save a lot of money or we'll waive your copay. That's a whole different beast, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Have you guys experienced that in your own lives, personally? No. Uh, no. I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, Jackie and I are both, not, not that you're old, but we're you know, both pretty young and private. <laughs> oh, I'm old. Let's no, just get over is. it. I'm old. Had to hit the hospital a whole lot, you know, or, or take, take advantage of our health system on that level. Um, but I'm guessing as, as, uh, as, as, as Max grows and uh, as I age gracefully, hopefully, that uh, I'll have more to say on that, <laughs> more experiences to share. Yeah, I don't know what I'd do in that situation if a copay of that amount was waived. I mean, especially because, you know, money might be more of an issue for me than it might be other people. I don't know. That's just, I guess I've never thought about it that way. Well, well you know, I'll go ahead, I, I, I'll, I'd also just, I, I agree with that sentiment uh, too. I, th- I think I'd probably, I would certainly at this point in my life consider the, the waived copay option. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've, I've always kind of been, I just probably because I personally haven't really had bad healthcare experiences. I haven't been to a you know, I've certainly been to hospitals, been to a number of clinics. Yeah, I've never been to one where I've said, man, that was horrible. I wouldn't go back there. Right. So I kind of still have this mindset, you know, based on personal experience that, you know, if some, if I need to go to a hospital, I can just, I can go to the nearest one and they're going to be able to do whatever needs to be done. You know, if I broke a leg or if I'm sick, you know, if it was something much more serious, some kind of rare cancer or I needed, I had, you know, I had a heart attack at a young age, then, you know, maybe then I would, I would research options that were uh, more sophisticated and put a little more time into it. But, you know, for the most part, for basic needs, I assume I can go wherever I'm going to go, wherever I'm going to go is going to get the job done and do a good job. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I, I currently of the mindset for myself, um, and my family here is that, you know, unless it was something serious, I, I'd go with the option where they're waiving it. Cause I assume they're going to do just as good of a job as, uh, you know, as the next guy. Right. I totally agree with uh, that. Okay. Now you guys are young. So let me completely buzz kill you. <laughs> when you, when you get older, part of getting older is you have more health issues and, and Adam, you're going to start experiencing this with your child and not that there's health right. issues, but just, you know, there's just more to deal with. There's, yep. um, well, you're probably past well, baby, but you're going to, you know, you're going to have immunizations and all this stuff. And I think we touched on this before. If my insurer came to me at this point and said, Hey, Chris, we want you to go to uh, XYZ system and we'll waive your $150. Uh, I use ABC system for everything. And I'm not naming who it is, but I use one system in town for everything. Mm-hmm. All I've, and I've got, you know, I've got primary care. I've got a couple specialists that I see on a regular basis. Uh, and if there's any inpatient, I want to be in that system because I want people who know what's going on with me. Right. And, and if they said, right. well, we want you to go over to this other system for 150 bucks, I'd be like, my first instinct would be no way. It's not worth it to me uh, to, to deal with somebody who's, who's going to be asking me questions that they should know, who doesn't know what medications I'm on, who doesn't know my history. Uh, that's not worth it. My second reaction would be what that, you know, I'd go to my provider and say, what's going on? Why aren't you guys in here? And, and what's missing in all of that is I don't know how to evaluate the real difference. You know, I, I would have to trust my insurance company to be telling me that, you know, not to be telling me the truth, they wouldn't lie to me, but somehow they're judging my system, ABC, worse than this other system, XYZ. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're going to say it's because of clinical quality, but my first instinct is 
are you sure it's not because they're cheaper and this saves you money by having me go there? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so, you know, that's that's what would be in the back of my mind as well. And I would be very skeptical of that. Uh, I just wouldn't trust it outright until, you know, you'd really, really have to demonstrate the results. And as we talked about last time, uh, even if you can make a case, there's so many variables. uh, There's so many different ways to look at this. Uh, Are they basing it on the whole system? Are they basing it on this one specialty area that I need? Are they basing it on the department, on the doctor? Right. Uh, You know, my doctor may be the best in the Twin Cities, but he works in a a system that's average. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, all those things would be very difficult for me as a consumer to evaluate, I think. And, uh, you know, in your guys's case, if it didn't matter, you know, if, if you were like, Hey, I could go to either one of these and I don't have a history, then yeah, I think the money would be an incentive. But for someone like me, uh, boy, that w- it would just be a pain in my butt. It would make me oh, yeah. not happy. No, I, I could see that. Um, yeah, I mean you've got you've got a lot invested in mm-hmm. um, the resources you've used, and I right. think if, if I were in that situation, I could I could you know even with, without being there, I could say yes, I would I know that I would react that same way. You know the one the one resource that I do use on a regular basis, my allergist, I would certainly be disappointed if I were told by my insurance company that um, I couldn't use that clinic anymore because I I love the people I, I like I really like my doctor. The nurses who do the testing are really – I love them. They're just very nice and friendly. Um, I actually I, – you know, for the for the drop – my allergy drops that I take, which have replaced my shots that I used to take, you know, I, those aren't covered by insurance at all. So those are – you know, I pay for those out of pocket anyway. So that kind of rules that part of it out anyway. Well, I – yeah. Right. Oh, go ahead, Jackie. Well, I was just going to say, I just think it's completely dependent on the situation and the history. And, you know, for me, it's – I hate to say this, but I mean, to date, I haven't had, I don't hate to say this, but I, you know, don't have any, (laughs) haven't had any major issues that I've had to go see a doctor for. So to me, it's, they're kind of, I don't know if this is the right way to put it, but they're kind of a dime a dozen, you know? So, you know, for me, that's an incentive, but I... yeah, I was just going to say for run of the mill things, you know, yeah. your typical checkups and stuff. Yeah, they, they they really kind of are. But Chris, I see your point it, it, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and, and it, you know, like the like Bob mentions in his email, you know, here's a here's a doctor that it has nothing to do with the doctor. It has to do with what he's got. He's got privileges at two hospitals, right? And if he goes and he does, he treats people at one hospital. He all of a sudden he's in a higher rated class. If he goes to the other one, it's lower rated. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if they're telling me, hey, we want you to go see your doctor at XYZ because that's better for you, that has nothing to do with my doctor. Yeah. It has to do with which facility. And if this is, if this is you know, basically a physician visit, who cares? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's so complicated and so, yeah, so many layers to it uh, that I just think it's, you know, I know that that's where we need to go. Uh, there needs to be some kind of... Uh, you know, need performance needs to be part of this performance of physicians, clinical performance. Uh, but it, you know, it's kind of like teachers and how everybody's on. Oh, we've got to we've got to measure the performance of teachers and and tie compensation and revenue to schools for that. And as soon as you start digging into it, I'm all for that. But as soon as you start digging into it, you go, well, there's a lot of other things that impact whether a kid does good on a test. Teachers oh, yeah. certainly, they're they're the individual student, right? the 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 home life mm-hmm. and their parents and all of this uh so you know again not trying to say we shouldn't try to do this but i just think it's well, yeah, it's, it's complicated a, it's, 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 that's a complex issue yeah. yeah yeah i've been yeah. 
following that one lately too and certainly have opinions but i agree with you that that that's a tough one mm-hmm. yeah i think they're very similar in that you know hey we want to we want to tie money to outcomes uh whatever you however you want to define either one of those and then the challenge is well we're trying to tie it to one thing tied to outcomes either physician quality or teacher quality and then when you start digging in either way you're like well there's a lot of other things and there's a lot of variables right. and it's not black and white or whatever right? it's so, not that right. simple what I, yeah. I think we can all definitely think back to school and, and um, you know, there, there are teachers that stand out as being awesome teachers and not only teachers that we enjoyed using, but teachers that we know, uh, whether it was in college or even high school, that were kind of sought out, that students wanted to actually right. have classes from those teachers. Um, and, you know, I think in most cases, they were, especially in high school or below, they are compensated exactly the same as you know, the teacher that you hated that no student liked and that you didn't feel like you learned right. anything from that course. So, right. so, yeah, there's there's definitely room in there somehow for something to be done. Okay, that's that would be an interesting one to continue to explore. But mm-hmm. let's move on to another thing that we've, I think we've hit like three or four podcasts in a row, but uh, I, I, people, are, people are seeing the, the, the transformation of my perspective on mobile and healthcare. <laughs> Because first of all, I think it's fair to say that uh, I understand the power of mobile. I, I understand the appeal of mobile check-ins to both consumers and businesses. Mm-hmm. Where I get hung up is the sharing of those check-ins. That's the part that makes me go, who cares? Why are you doing that? Uh, but I'm, you know, I keep getting inundated with uh, both people emailing me or just coming across great articles that say, here's here are the opportunities for healthcare when it comes to mobile check-in. Most of those are not related to the sharing component. Right. So it's almost taking social networking out of the equation and talking more about just mobile. Right. uh, And the ability to know where people are at and for them to connect with you at that point in time. So just a couple of resources that I think we can talk about with one um, sidetrack I want to get on. Uh, I had seen this article a while ago, but Jackie, you pulled it back up and I think it's a good one. It's from Fox ePractice, which I don't know what that is. I didn't research it, but we'll provide a link to it. It's called why Facebook places, Facebook places is going to be a big deal for the healthcare industry. Mm-hmm. And as we've discussed, Facebook places is Facebook's um, kind of mobile check-in component. There's obviously Foursquare and a lot of others. Uh, here's, here's what I like about this article. Let's see, get you guys comment on each of these. At the end of it, he kind of says, Hey, this isn't where it needs to be yet. As far as um, Facebook, uh, places as a tool, but obviously this whole idea of mobile check-in uh, is is here to stay, and it's it's going to be potentially powerful. Here are some of the reasons why he thinks it will be for hospitals. Uh, I believe we will see an adoption of Yelp-like review functionality in the future, possibly with the feature of medical practices being able to respond to these user-generated reviews and comments. So the ability to hmm. check in and tell people what you think right then. <clears throat> I think that's pretty powerful. Yeah. yeah. Very powerful. Potentially scary. The, well, the interesting places. part would be if, <laughs> the, 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 the whole, the, the biggest hangup that I think we see with um, hospitals or the healthcare industry in general adopting social media is their reluctance to want to have a conversation in public or their yeah. reluctance to want to respond to people who have issues. Um, there, there's so they just there's so much fear of how do we you know and, and rightfully so you know with all that these HIPAA policies you don't know what you can say or how you can say it or what's appropriate what's inappropriate what's legal what's illegal um 
there's just this fear of putting yourself out there or, or opening yourself up like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see hospitals get on board with um, having, having these conversations in, in the public eye. Because obviously that's what these resources are about. Right. And, and yeah. everyone pushes them away at this point. And that first one is dependent on social media. Uh, and again, it's dependent on people wanting to share. They just went to their GI doc for a colonoscopy, which I still <laughs> wonder about. But again, we're seeing, you know, we heard from Chris Boyer at Innova. Uh, people are doing it. So it's not a matter of whether we think it's weird or not. They're doing it. Yeah. Uh, here's the one that here's the one that I think is is really good. Uh, I believe we will see, and he's focused on medical practices, but you could toss in hospitals as well. I believe we will see several location-based marketing opportunities for medical practices. For example, when a Facebook user does a virtual check-in to your practice or perhaps a check-in somewhere in your neighborhood, they could receive a short communication message uh, or a special offer from your practice. Now, again, mm. I think that's uh, – we talked about this a year ago, Adam, when we were talking about mobile and – do you really want to get a special offer from your doctor? What, you yeah, know, what is that? this like isn't Starbucks. Yeah, this yeah. isn't Jimmy John's. This is your doctor. But <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're doing something healthy uh, and it's related and it's relevant, that's the key. Then yeah, there could be something in there. Don't right. you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it depends yeah. on what, what it is, who I'm seeing and what, what the, it's so what dependent. The issue is. Yeah. If I'm going, yeah. If I'm going to see a, a, a cancer specialist, I don't know that I want him offering me specials. But if I'm going to, uh, you know, the clinic for a regular checkup and they're offering a blue shot or something, or well, yeah, or even like a or like a, a first aid kit or you know just some little handy thing that could be of value, then yeah, maybe. All right, one more, uh, and this is the one that you know, probably has the biggest potential. I believe we will see some amazing innovations by integrating the open Facebook places API with medical apps, patient portals, medical practice websites, et cetera. And Adam, I know you've talked about that before, but that's where the, it's kind of uh, a new frontier of people coming up with innovative ways to tap into the fact that you've just checked in somewhere uh, to help you track your medical records, to help you improve your health, to provide you tools or resources related to that. Uh, you know, all based on you triggering it with, I just went to my doctor. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty interesting way to be able to track it when you, a year ago, when did I have that appointment? Oh, well, there it is right there. I checked in. Yeah. Where yeah. was it? Oh, was it this doctor? Who did I see? Oh, that's who it was. It's a cool way to look at it. Yeah. So one more article, and then I'm going to go on my little mini rant. Uh, <laughs> our friend Reed Smith uh, has a also has a blog post called Location, 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 Three Reasons Hospitals Should Use Location-Based Services. So a nice synopsis, uh, some of the similar ideas, but we'll provide a link to that. Here's, here's where um, you know, this, 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 my rant kind of plugs into a bigger theme we have about who do you trust uh, and knowing – what's behind the information you're seeing and, and all of that. And in this, the first post we talked about from Fox E practice and he, you know, the, the author talks about the potential for Yelp like reviews, which I think makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, but earlier in the post, he says the easiest way to see what's coming is to take a look at Yelp. Yelp can be described as the most trusted and valued social network for user generated reviews. Uh, and that just caught my eye because I've been reading more and more about how Yelp is getting in deeper and deeper into trouble. Uh, and if you know how Yelp works, 
it makes me wonder how you would trust it inherently or blindly because their business model is selling advertising and other resources to the to the people that are reviewed. So if somebody were posting uh, reviews about Interval, they would come to us and say, hey, we want you to advertise through Yelp. And one of the things that we'll offer you is that you can prioritize the best posts to the top of your stream. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so if I pay them, I have the ability to move, hey, you know, somebody posted, hey, Interval's fantastic. I get to put that up at the top and feature it. I did not know that. Yeah, that's part of their business model. Now, what they're getting in trouble for, what they're getting in trouble for is people are saying that they're they're extorting them, and this hasn't been proven. They haven't lost a lawsuit, but there are lawsuits because businesses are saying Yelp is coming to them and saying, "Hey, you know what? We'll take off the negative ones." And there's a couple businesses that said when they said, "No, I don't want to pay," somehow mysteriously the negative ones were prioritized to the top. So, so there's lawsuits by people saying this is extortion. Here's what gets me. Uh, talking about this, the chief operating officer for Yelp said, uh, maybe some of this is part of a larger misunderstanding. Uh, business, this is from an article uh, in PC World, which we'll post for you. It says, business owners who advertise with Yelp are given the option of moving a favorable review, clearly marked as a sponsor review, to the top of their Yelp profile page. Quote, when you get to pick your favorite review and put it to the top, if I set it a little different way, it might, might sound a little nefarious, Doniker told the Express. Well, I think if you, if you have to worry about how you state your business proposition, because if you state it slightly the wrong way, it's nefarious, I think that says a lot. That's their own COO. Sure. So my, my point here is, uh, I think it's... I think it's if if it is the most trusted and valued social network for user generated reviews, people ought to think twice about that. They ought to think about well, yeah. why am I seeing what I'm seeing? Uh, I you know I haven't I don't use Yelp, so I don't know if it's as clear either. as like on Google on Google. You search something on Google, it's pretty clear what's the sponsored links versus the search links, right? Uh, but you know I don't know Yelp from a hole in the wall. They're they're not held to the same scrutiny as Google, so who knows whether this stuff is true. Uh, we've talked about this, I think, in terms of rating services for hospitals where they get paid. Their business model is to get paid by the hospitals that are reviewed mm-hmm. uh, so that they can advertise those reviews or ratings. Uh, all of that makes you question how legitimate and objective is this. Part of the lawsuit for Yelp is that they have, uh, they have this these team of reviewers that go out there and review these. You know, They pay people to review businesses. And some of the businesses are saying, you've paid people to go out there and put negative reviews up, so I'll be incented to buy your advertising. <clears throat> right. Which, which they're denying, but they do pay people yeah. to go out there and, you know, if there's no review on a business, to put reviews up there. That all seems pretty screwy. What do you guys think? What do you think of all that? I mean, Adam, I think you're probably closer to this. I don't know. Maybe Jackie, you are too, than I am. Uh, I don't use it. Yeah, I've used it. I know people who For do. The, my, the first issue I have with Yelp is that as a, as if you're a, if you're new to it, it's a little overwhelming. I mean, it's contrast it with with the other just other websites in general, like, like Twitter. You go there and it's an extraordinarily easy interface. You know exactly what to do right when you get there. With Yelp, it's just the, the homepage is just kind of a cluster f of all sorts of stuff and it's mm-hmm. kind of confusing to know what to do i mean once you dig into it once you play with it a little bit you can figure out how to use it i mean it's, it's not it's not i shouldn't it's not hard to use it's just a little cluttered 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'm trying to figure out if I have an issue with them paying people to do reviews. I mean, on one hand, you know, if you've, if you've got a business, you've got people who you want them to perform some sort of a service, you're going to, you know, you've, in many cases, unless it's a not some sort of nonprofit or whatever, maybe, maybe you're not going to maybe they're volunteers or whatever, you know, there certainly are services out there where like Angie's list, for example, I don't, that's, I think that's all, I mean, it's a subscription paid subscription based service. And as far as I know, everyone who reviews on there is it's people who hire these contractors to do something. You had a plumber come and do something and you went on, now you wrote a review about that, a review about that plumber. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that plumber also has an opportunity to become an Angie's official Angie's list contractor or something like that, offer coupons through there. So I'm not sure how there might be some kind of paid interaction there for them to get themselves to the top. I don't know, but I know in terms of the reviewers, I don't think any of them are paid. So you can assume that they're, you know, everything is legit and honest. Um, but here, the problem, I, I said the, the, the problem I don't have or the, I don't have a problem, I don't think, with, with the paid approach just because if, you, if you're giving somebody a list of resources to review, sending them out to review it, even if you're paying them, you know, they're still going out there and talking about their experience. Um, it's, it's a different thing if somebody, like one car dealership was paying somebody else to go out and, and do a negative review of a competitor, but I don't, I don't think that's what's going on here. So, yeah, I guess it's hard for me to really judge um, the effectiveness or the the sincerity or honesty or transparency of a paid reviewer in this in this case. It seems like it would still be legit. Well, I think it's more about that they go to the places that have been reviewed and allow them to put the favorable reviews to the top. More than I have a problem with maybe them paying to go out and have people review. I still don't know exactly how I feel about that, but... I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm on Yelp. I'm on Yelp right now, and I'm, I'm just looking, because I have to go to the dentist after this, so I'm like, well, let me look at what people <laughs> say about dentists. And on there, I'm looking at a dental practice, and at the top, you know, first you get all the information about where it is and links and phone numbers. And then, the, you know, on my screen, the only review I see is one that's highlighted that says, you know, oh, this practice is awesome. I'm happier with my teeth than ever and blah, blah, blah. And it says sponsor result, but it's over on the right. It's grayed out. It's not obvious. I mean, it's obvious, but it's not, you know, it's not like in your face. Mm-hmm. And then you scroll down and you see more, right. and, you know, there's, there's a negative one about two down as, as far as using like their stars. And um, so, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the truth is, but that's the problem. And so mm-hmm. I always struggle with these kind of things because, you know, why would I trust what, you know, Joe Schmo 65 says? I mean, I have no idea who Joe Schmo is. And uh, anyway, so I think that's that's part of this. It's it's not really a big part of what we were talking about before with mobile and healthcare, but it's it's just an interesting dynamic. And yeah, well, I think, um, yeah. And, you know, the, the value with the, with these things comes with num- with numbers um the more people who let's say it's a it's a a star rating scale one to five stars and it's for a dentist using your example chris let's say 300 people have come and either given it as some sort of a star rating or had written good or bad about it you know once you once you start to get numbers um i think that to me anyway that starts to mean more than a couple of reviews from joe schmo like in your case i think you said you saw one review on that to me that's fairly meaningless cuz i i i'm going to probably assume that that's that's coming straight from the horse's mouth um 
There's a few. There's more than one on that okay. one. The one I just um, or at. even even a few. I mean, to me, it's to me. I look for those numbers as soon as I if when I can see that a resource has really been utilized and a lot of people have reviewed it yeah. or commented or given it a rating, that's where it starts to be a little. It's a little more meaningful. Then I tr- I trust numbers. I think over over a couple of voices yeah. in many cases. Not always. Not always. I'd agree with that. Yep, that's a that's a good thing to to look at too. So anyway, we, we're running out of time, and I know we had a couple of things we wanted to get at, we didn't get at, but uh, we'll cover them next time, including a creepy and funny panda. <laughs> so make sure we can cover that in the next episode. Sound okay? Everyone's Sounds interested good. now. I know, so we got them hooked. <laughs> Perfect. All right, for arrogant healthcare marketing bastards, this is Chris Bevelo, Jackie Ritacco. Adam Meyer. We will talk to you next time. Bye.